Welcome to Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host at KPFT, 90.1 FM Houston. How are our peeps doing? Welcome, folks. We are going to have a great, great show for you today. Topics of the show. To, well, before I get there, to, we have a very, very, very full studio. We have Lyndon in there putting curtains up. We have Tori on, on the engineering for me. And we have... Uh, it looks like Marlo is answering the phones anyway, and we got a call already. Anyhow, folks, let me tell you, we are going to have a great, great show for you today. Title of the show, Elites, Economies, Economies, Great. GOP's okay with poverty killing you and caught on tape. GOP stunts college vote. It's going to be a good one, folks. Anyhow, uh, subtitle of the show is David Brooks. Elitists think the economy is... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Great for most. Republicans have no problem letting poverty kill their constituents to protect the rich. These are some important stories that generally don't make the air. GOP caught on tape with a plan to stop the college vote. Folks, if, if I didn't hear this with my own ears, I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't believe it. Hello, Alistair Waters on the chat. Now, anyhow, we are going to talk as well. Later on, we're going to have Sophia Science calling in. She is running to be mayor of South Houston. If she were, if she happened to be elected, I don't think they've ever elected a woman in South Houston before. And we're going to also have Patrick Lavelle, a producer, writer, from Hollywood, who now resides in, in uh, Utah, we did a series together called, uh, expanding on a series he did before called The Con. And Patrick's going to have quite a bit to say about what uh, the mortgage situation, the banking situation, and much more. Paul Fleming on the internet, welcome to Politics Done Right as well. Anyhow, folks, uh, the first story that I want to start with. Well, beforehand, how you doing, uh, Tori? I see you kind good, of fumbling good, in Alberto. there. Good to see you. Good to be alive. Well, you know, I think I better go ahead and start the show this way because I want to. I'm going to say this about two or three times within the show. As you guys know, today is the last day of politics done right at noon, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We are moving to 6 a.m. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're going to have a great show for you then as well. Not only you're going to be able to see it here at listen to it on the radio as you drive into the studio, you'll be able to go to facebook.com slash kpft houston and watch it we're gonna have a great i mean it's going to be there for you and of course you can always go back to the archive to see it for our beautiful folks who are used to it at 12 noon remember who comes first always you do always 
you do. And while I'm in here, um, you know, there are a whole lot of engineers that have um, kind of helped make life very easy. First and foremost, of course, we have to thank Howard for always making this place uh, from a technical standpoint work. It's difficult to have a, a community radio station where most people or if not just about all are volunteers to keep it running. And I, I just have to give a big kudos to Howard. Even this morning at 530 in the morning, we have uh, we're working to get things right. And Howard was right there getting things moving. I want to also thank Rico, who is uh, my engineer on Wednesdays. Uh, he's been very helpful, including uh, kind of putting some youth youth into the program. And of course, the person that should have been here today, Andrew. Andrew's not here yet. I imagine he'll drop in sometime later on, who was engineered for the program as well. I want to give him a big thank you. And then there's Tori, always the what I call a commentary type of engineer. It's not enough for Tori to just come an engineer here. Like every single engineer over here, we love the participation. So Tori, thank you very kindly for having been engineering for Politics Done Right at the noon hour. My pleasure. That's all you're going to say. My pleasure. You're in the studio, buddy. <laughs> well, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a momentous day. You know, your last day here uh, at this time, I'm uh, looking forward to, you know, getting up at 6 a.m. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. Well, so no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold you to those words. I just, I just clipped it. I'm going to turn that into a TikTok that says, Tory says he's going to be up at 6 a.m. So sometimes, folks, y'all are going to hear his voice at 6 a.m. as well. I'm holding you to that, Tory. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow, folks, so um, before we uh, get started as well, I want to thank all the volunteers here from the manager to the program director. We have Marlo right there in the studio who make things happen at this studio. So um, without further ado, caught on tape. GOP stunts college growth vote. All right. How did that happen? We've always, we have always, we always knew that Republicans are more concerned about, uh, about keeping the draconian pro oligarchic policies that continue to make them unpopular. And folks, whenever I talk about Republicans, I'm not talking about Republican, the people. Okay. Most of my friends in Kingwood right now, or Republicans love them to death, but you see, there's a cancer in our society, and the cancer is in our society are a batch of leaders that are just doing wrong. So I want all of you who are listening to me right now. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, or whatever. If you're doing good, you're doing good, and I support you. When you hear me talk about Republicans, I'm talking about Republican politicians who are not doing right. So. Repeated. We always knew the Republicans are more concerned about keeping the draconian pro-oligarchic policies that continue to make them unpopular. They are unable to win the popular vote in the country, not because of demographics, but because they have nothing to offer the poor and the middle class. Their voter suppression techniques have always been visible. What was usually absent except for a few slip-ups by some clueless Republicans, was a verbalized plan. Well, 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 a Republican lawyer was caught on tape doing just that. Common Dreams reported the following in an article titled, 
audio reveals that GOP lawyers' 2024 strategy make it harder for college students to vote that everyone must read. A longtime Republican lawyer who aided former President Donald Trump's effort to overturn the 2020 election told GOP donors that the party should be working to roll back voting on college campuses and other initiatives aimed at expanding ballot access, according to audio obtained by progressive journalist Lauren Windsor. What are these college campus locations? Cleta Mitchell, a top GOP attorney and fundraiser, asked during a presentation at the Republican National Committee's donor retreat in Nashville last uh, weekend. What is this young people effort that they do? They basically put the polling place next to the student dorm so they just have to roll out of bed, vote, and go back to bed, lamented Mitchell, an avid voter suppression campaigner who has represented Republican organizations, individual lawmakers, and right-wing groups such as the National Rifle Association. Do you see the disdain these folks have for our millennials, the disdain for our Gen Z's, the disdain they have for our college students? According to the Washington Post, which reviewed a copy of Mitchell's Nashville's presentation, the GOP attorney uh, remarks offered a window into a strategy that seems designed to reduce voter access and turn out among certain particular groups, including students and those who vote by mail, both of which tend to skew Democratic. Mitchell focused on campus voting in five states, Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, Virginia, and Wisconsin, all of which are home to enormous public universities with large in-state student populations. The Post reported Thursday, Mitchell also targeted the pre-registration of students and apparent reference to the practice in some states allowing 17-year-olds to register ahead of their 18th birthdays so they can vote as soon as they're eligible. The Republican lawyer could not be clearer. The tipping point, even in red states, is coming, folks. Even in red states, that tipping point is coming because people are getting smarter. The only question is whether it will be in time to save them, whether it will be in time to save us from the fascist state. Because after instituted, the problem begins. Come on in, Tori. You know, Egberto, uh, this country's been trying to keep people from voting since before it was even a country. Yes. I mean, the whole Constitution was designed to keep people from voting. Repeat that. That is something most people don't get. Repeat that, please. The entire Constitution was set up by a bunch of people that didn't want democracy. I mean, that's the one thing that they all agreed on in the in the Federalist Papers is that they didn't want democracy. They knew that democracy would instantly end their status as plantation owners and, you know, captains of industry, you know, they just and they've never wanted democracy. They've been fighting against it ever since. Now, we're, we're going to talk about that deeper. Let's bring Thomas into the conversation, because I think we're going to have some callers coming in in a minute. Thomas, come on and talk to me. Yes, sir. I, I, I must congratulate you. I am very impressed with you, the way you carry yourself, the things you say. And all I can say, I think it is what one thing is called the truth. Very hard to come by 
some days. But what I do have for you is a little help how to translate from Republican to uh, Democrat. Mm -hmm. That's a hard thing. Yes. You you need a strategy, man. Yes. I say call the Republican. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You know, it's really... Excuse me, I have to say it. It's, it's really white Christian men at the top of the list. Hey, I'm just saying. Call it the machine. The machine, man. I, I, Stop trying to differentiate so that I understand. Once I know who the machine is, every time you say it, I know. I get a picture of it. Right. Let, let me tell you what I, want, what I want to make sure not to happen, Thomas. Okay? Like I said... I, uh, I make sure and interact with absolutely everybody and I make sure to judge everybody just as MLK says by the content of their character. And what there's, there's one thing that, that it, and, and the other thing is that for us to succeed as a country, we all have to come together as a country. And, they, and that is a danger for the powers who run this country. Do you agree with me so far? Yes, sir. Couldn't have said it any better. Okay, and let me let me tell you where I'm coming from. Why I brought that in. Uh, a lot of a lot of progressives right now, the way they are promoting uh, the good that we are trying to do is to say it's the white male Christian structure that is really putting this country at risk and try to manipulate power, right? And uh, you know, tacitly. Uh, when you take a look at it that way, you'll say, well, all the people, the, 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 the real power structure in this country is really white men and Christian, right? But what that, that fails to instantiate is my white male brother in Appalachia, my white male brother in, in some ghetto in Houston, my white male brother. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm right now I'm centralizing on white male. And the reason why I'm saying that is, the way I think we have to make sure and carry that the message is that the small number of white male in the power structure, because it's a very small number, has polluted the minds of the many white male structure into believing that they have a birthright that they never had and, in, and fighting for that birthright they never had. And in doing so, uh, uh, subjecting the rest, women, BIPOCs, people of color and everything else to create, to be that buffer between those who are abusing everybody from those who are just abusing the others. So uh, it, it's, I, I tr- in, in my method of trying to get to everybody, right? I try to make that differentiation so that everybody wants to see that in them, a change can occur. Your thoughts? Fantastic. Sounds good. Nifty, nice. People at work, on the job, 
They don't hear this. Right, exactly. You know? So you are preaching to a very small choir. And I'm asking. Yes. You must label. You must get on the offense. Mm-hmm. What's the point? I want to ask you, Thomas. I-, I need you, though. Okay? Here, here's okay. what I'm saying, right? When I say I, I'm not talking about Egberto. I'm talking about we, the movement, needs you out there. All of us have to be out there doing this work. I'm just a, I'm just a lowly mouthpiece in front of a mic, you know? So, True. yeah. True. So, so, I mean, you are, you are what make you're, the conversation that you have allowed me to have with you right now has done more than anything I could have done just talking. So thank you. Fantastic. Take care. Man. You have a wonderful day, Thomas. Okay. Thank you. All right, brother. Bye. All right, let's go ahead and uh, bring Ray into the conversation. Oh, MOD, MOD. Come on in, MOD. Well, I go by Ray, too, sometimes. <laughs> Talk to me, brother. I, I, I just want to maybe put, lay it out here and tell me if, when I'm wrong. Okay. So, so that if we have, like, you know, Western mercantilism by financial interests that mm-hmm. came from Europe, mm-hmm. from Europe, mm-hmm. and the these... These dyna- the generational wealthy people mm-hmm. have like the means to write constitutions or you know manage uh, foreign policy with neoliberal mm-hmm. economics. That really is the foundation of you know of this country's uh, yes built creation. Yes, you know how we came how we came to be. Right? No, no, you you hit the and, nail on the head, sir. Okay, so so. Uh, I don't know if they're Anglo-Irish or we want to say what type of color, but I would say that these same folks have onus of large corporations. Yes, but I, I want to make generation. I, I want to do one thing, and, and and you know I tried to do this from the time I became a blogger decades ago, right? In fact, you know, just just you 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 you, you use the word color. Well, I'm a black dude. I'm a Latino dude. I'm a Caribbean dude. And when I blogged in the beginning, I made sure not to make any of that known. I blogged simply on economics and social justice, etc. Yeah, there you go. Right? Like that, that. Yes. That, that's what I did. Now, right. um, and, and one of the reasons that I, uh, th- that I wanted to add to something that you just said there, when you, when you brought in uh, the word, let's say, Anglo or color in, in the particular, when you're talking about our economic system, right? I don't, I don't- I know you want to focus on that, Roberto, but that's not the, the, the crutch to the point. I get it. I, I get it. But to... I mean, but you brought it in, you know, you brought it in when you, you well, talk. You want to focus on, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. yeah. Oh. So, 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 uh, so what I wanted to say is we need to defocus from that and right. actually look at what the economic system is to use those factors that you just mentioned to divide okay. and conquer. So continue. So, yeah, cool. So let's call it a cast. Yeah, that's even better. Yes. And caste systems are more closer to a a macrocosm than these uh, microcosms that we we roll around and argue and kill each other over. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that seems to be historic, uh, referable use cases. We can go down that route. What I'm trying to state is if the same caste system that financed Western mercantilism that, you know, our major share holders of uh, communications mm-hmm. was a five corporations that have 93, 95% of our media. Yeah. They have a vested interest in, you know, quarterly earnings and, and, and a lot of, let's call it 
isms, racism, or you know, uh, all these things are microcosms. Exactly. If we focus, on the, mic- if we focus on the microcosms, we forget that the, what I do in security is called uh, you know uh, source controls. We have a uh, you know uh, you know result. We have cause, and when we go to the source instead of having reactive policies, we want proactive. So if we understand the source, in this case, historic, a caste system that uses microcosms to keep a populace, what's that called? Well, feed them bread and circuses. I yeah, it's a bread and circus a, a, a theorem. Okay. And, and in fact, it worked okay. in England and all the other monarchies. Yes. So if we see in the 60s and we see where we are now, it won't matter. Let's just get to the end here. I, I, I appreciate it. Let me finish it. That if you have three years ago, 23 states, Republican governor or government, States are initiating digital current uh, digital identity. I'm sorry, and then uh, I think this uh, 448 bill from yeah. this independent. Let me I, MOD. I, I, I so have I some other there. callers that are going to come. Yeah, that was it. That was it. I was going to say. Yeah, it doesn't matter which party mm-hmm. or what y'all want to use color. That's fine. But I'm talking cast. Yeah, we're using the cast is is using both parties to basically bring in what's going to happen Fed now in July. And all these little isms that we fight each other and point fingers at won't matter. Trust me. Thank you very much, MOD. Very, right, actually, keep- very, MOD, let me just tell you. Uh, that is very good points that uh, you brought up there, MOD. Very important points. I, I hope a lot of folks get some of the details of what you were saying. Let's go ahead to Ray uh, Senor. Come on in, Ray. How you doing, Ray? Hey, Rigberto. Talk yeah, to me. I yeah, I just want to say... Uh, Thank you for giving us this uh, hour every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'm definitely going to miss you, but I will try to catch you on at 6 a.m. Just real quick, I I just want to piggyback on what the brother said uh, about a caste system. And and what I feel like in America, we have a caste system, and I'm going to say something that might upset a lot of people. Mm -hmm. There is no middle class. There was never a middle class. There is only two classes of people, and I'm going to say it like this. You're either in the working class or you're in the elite capitalist class. And when you talk about you're in the capitalist class, they're protecting generations of money that has been passed down from their family to their family, you know. And that's why we have this system where basically they don't want we Ray, the people, the masses, Ray, to have access to that. I want to say thank you for bringing that up for this reason, okay? Because that puts into pers- <clears throat> into perspective something that economist Richard Wolff, when I interviewed him last year, <clears throat> he pointed out in an interesting way, right? He created a series called Capitalism Hits the Fan. You can go to my website and check it out. Capitalism Hits the Fan. And let me tell you why, why that really, that was one of the things that flipped me around quickly. Because he showed, you notice you just said there are two classes, the working class and the elite class. And when you take a look at that, brother, this is what you saw. The working class that made it, one of the things that people didn't realize is how much credit was afforded to them. So they, they didn't appreciate in true asset value. They didn't appreciate in true income. They appreciated in the uh, in, in the access to credit that they had that gave them the semblance of wealth. And when, when he did all these calculations, and when you saw that, you say, oh my God, this easy credit and stuff was the next 
instantiation of preventing the working class from making that leap into what you were, what the one would want us to call the middle class. Very good observation, Ray. Yes, sir. And I mean, basically, as long as people are caught into this, this web of lies to believe that you can be a part of that class, you just have to work your way up through this meritocracy that right. they've fabricated for us. There's no meritocracy, but you're right. Gonna, yes. We're always going to say, well, you just have to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you can have everything. I see the chatters. I see your everyday chatters. They, they push that same narrative that, you know, right. you have to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Nobody's, no, nobody's responsible for your happiness except you. But no, we all have skin in the game. I just paid taxes this year. So I have skin in the game on what happened with you know, my resources that I am affording to the government that is supposed to work towards my betterment, right. our community. Right. Well, look, uh, Ray, you hit the nail on the head. Um, anything else you want to say before we jump to the, to, to the next? Uh, no brother. Uh, just be on the lookout for the, uh, mayor's race i'm i'm gonna be watching that closely good I, I i will i'm pretty sure i will have some interviews with some of uh some of the candidates in fact i'm i'm going to try to get one arranged with sheila jackson lee uh shortly when i get to their team okay uh yes sir i'll definitely be listening you're gonna stay on youtube right uh yeah i will be everything is going to stay in fact um at six o'clock the show at six o'clock immediately shows up at kpft.org for those folks who miss it at six o'clock and of course, it'll be live at our um, FB uh, Facebook post and on YouTube. So we're we're going to make sure that uh, everybody still gets covered with this stuff because you know this is what we do, brother. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Ray. You have a good one, sir. Yeah, good and work. I just wanted to jump on something that uh, Ray said, just to add that uh, there's some advantages and disadvantages of living in a multicultural society. We don't have a lot of the advantages that, you know, monocultural places have uh, as far as identity. People having a common sense of identity in a country or, you know, a common purpose. The only thing that can really tie this big multicultural society together is a commonwealth. You know, we need to have pride of place because it takes care of us, because we have a government that has cradle to grave social security. And, you know, that's pretty much it because we don't want some kind of, uh, you know, race-based nationalism or religious-based identity as a country. You know, it, those things just don't work. And so uh, we need a commonwealth. We need some kind of a social system where uh, we cooperate and share with each other. You know, it's, I, I think that that is so true. And, and that is not a um, – that is how – beings operate. I mean, if you take a look at the ant, how ants work together to get things done. One of the biggest problems that we have in getting things accomplished is the design of our economic system. I, I, I always give this example, Tori. Um, we have a lot of rain in certain parts of this country as certain because of climate change, because certain parts of the country is drying up, right? Mm -hmm. the, uh, if we were ants, right? we would have started digging and either migrating to where the water is or uh, we would have 
been inching that water that is in oversupply in one area closer to where we are, right? But in our economic system, because those who uh, are in power, they cannot see an advantage in building a canal to bring water elsewhere because they cannot find how to monetize it. They have to first figure out a way that they can turn that into monetization before it's done. Government, which is the people acting like ants, would be able to see, wait a minute, we have all these structures in Phoenix. We have all these structures in Tucson. We have all these structures there. Build a canal. Continue to, 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 to do those things because it's for the better good of the society as a whole. There are certain things that are impossible to do in the current economic system. Same occurs with solar power. Look around Houston. Fly over Houston. We have the largest generation station there is, the roof of everybody's home. Yep. But when you talk about how to get those photovoltaic cells on there, these, uh, these companies that put these things up, unless they can make a big profit on something like that, it doesn't occur. Well, we've, in, we've organized our entire economic system around competition. And so not just humans, but all mammals have evolved to survive with competition and cooperation. And those are just two, it's your left hand and your right hand. But when we create these social systems, like our economy and our political system, and everything's based on competition, it's out of balance. We need to augment those systems with cooperative systems. I'm glad that you talk about the core. Mutual aid is the key word. Right. But again, you know, we talk about things like meritocracy. We talk about things about monetization, et cetera. You have to, you have to have them in the right balance. And right now I would say, uh, that, uh, that, that there is, there's such a large imbalance right now that it is at our detriment. And the problem is, let's give an example. Lake Powell in Colorado right now is running close to Deadpool. Well, with a little bit of rains that they had now, we're far from Deadpool. We're, well, we're not quite at Deadpool yet. Yeah, they're finding all the uh, mafia bodies from <laughs> Vegas. So <laughs> it's always fun. They're taking bets you, on it. You would say that, man. You would, you would remember that part, eh? Yeah, that they're finding those bodies. So yeah, so anyhow. But anyhow, folks, give us a call. 713-526-5738. If you want to add to the discussion, hit extension numero dos. 713-526-5738. I want to say E2247, welcome to Politics and Right. Eric Hayes, welcome to Politics and Right. May Wood, Bridge MCP, uh, Peggy Lopez, uh, Paul Fleming, and all of you. Thank you guys for that healthy conversation you have in there. I can't cover it right now because, like I said, we have some folks that are supposed to be coming in. But let's go to the next subject at hand, which is... And I'm still trying to get my eyes going straight. You know, I had some cataract surgery. So oh, yeah. when I'm looking at some of this stuff, I can't see it quite well. But anyhow, uh, GOP okay with poverty killing you, right? I mean, here's the story. Everybody knows about the debt ceiling. How familiar are you with the debt ceiling? Um, none. All right. Uh, whenever we spend money as a country, right? We spend a lot of money and we spend more money than we have. All right. So Social Security is paid and all these bills are paid. It's already spent. There is this false thing called the debt ceiling, which is Congress giving permission to the Treasury for us to spend more than we actually take in, which means we borrow. That's what the debt ceiling really is. We're 
borrowing money. Here is the kicker. The money is already spent. And for all practical purposes, it was spent by both administrations. And in the three years that we had to raise the debt ceiling before uh, what's coming in June, no problem. Nobody asked any questions. They just raised the debt ceiling. It's a false limit. When you have a sovereign currency, which means when you define your own currency, when your currency is based on you, which is what the dollar is based on, the dollar is just based on it being American and people having faith that it's worth something. That's all it's based on. You don't really need to have debt ceilings at all. But we created this mechanism by these people who want to have fist, uh, have austerity and all these issues. We create this thing called the debt ceiling. Okay, good. Now, if the debt ceiling isn't covered, it means if, if we don't raise the debt ceiling by law, again, by law, the Treasury can't do what's necessary to continue to fund the borrowing that we need for the bills that we already accrued. Your Social Security check or whomever's Social Security check, etc. Can't be covered. Republicans are holding uh, Biden hostage. And check out the kinds of things that they want to do to hold hostage. My friend Tom Hartman nailed it. It in his new article titled, The Republican Party of Death Content to Let Poverty Kill at Will, which, which paints an evil picture that will not be realized. The Democratic president and Senate will ensure that, according to the article, Kevin McCarthy has, been, has a keen new idea about what he thinks he can get out of Democrats in Congress, in exchange for Republicans authorizing the government to pay the trillions in debt that Donald Trump racked up in his four years in office. In exchange for lifting the so-called debt ceiling, McCarthy wants Biden and congressional Democrats to throw millions of family off food stamps, SNAP, and, e and end even the possibility of any help to low-income young people unable to pay off student loans. He claims this is because the federal government can't afford to help our students or hungry Americans. Nonetheless, his caucus is also pushing a new $1.8 trillion cut to the already hobbled estate tax paid exclusively by Lucky Sperm Club, children of the morbidly rich when they inherit fortunes they didn't lift a finger to create. Ironically, this proposal came out of the same week that the Journal of the American Medical Association published a new study finding that poverty is the fourth largest killer of Americans. I repeat, poverty is the fourth largest killer of Americans. And by poverty, they're not just talking about the profoundly poor or homeless. For the purposes of this study, they define poverty as everybody living on less than 50% median of income in the nation. The study was unambiguous, noting current poverty was associated with greater mortality than major causes such as accidents, lower respiratory disease, and stroke. In 2019, current poverty was also associated with the greater mortality than any far more visible causes. Ten times as many as deaths as homicides, 4.7 times as many deaths as firearms, 3.9 times as many deaths as suicide, and 2.6 times as many deaths as drug overdose. The outlook for people who spent at least the last 10 years living below the U.S. median income level is even more grim. 
the researchers refer to this as cumulative poverty. Cumulative poverty. We used to call it something else in the past. Cumulative poverty was associated with the approximately 60% greater mortality than the current poverty. Hence, cumulative poverty was associated with the greater mortality than even obesity and dementia, heart disease, cancer, and smoking were the only causes or risk with greater mortality than cumulative poverty. Concluding that the poverty should be considered a major risk factor for death in the U.S. The researchers noted that the situation is probably even worse than what they were able to easily measure. One limitation of this study is that our estimates may be conservative about the number of deaths associated with poverty. You'd think that discovering over quarter million Americans every year die from co current poverty and an additional 406,000 die every year from the long-term or cumulative poverty would move the GOP. After all, they control the poorest states in the nation. Again, red states, the poorest state, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, uh, 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 Dakota, the poorest state in the country are run by these guys. This hits right smack in the middle of where Republican politicians live. The draconian budget is worse than anyone could imagine. Among its evil deeds, it cuts funding for school lunches by 40%. And where are those kids fed mostly again? In their states. Continues the process of privatizing Medicare Advantage, which has been proven detrimental to most. And who are taking care of? Where are those ads being placed? Get Medicare Advantage, no matter what kind. There are some that are good, but most are bad. But, and guess where the bad ones are? In rural areas. Why are they bad in rural areas? There ain't no hospitals. You know? So that's what they're getting rid of. And it refused to extend the child tax credit. Where are all the poor kids living mostly? Not in the ghettos in Philadelphia, not in the ghettos in Houston, but throughout the millions of square miles of rural area in the United States of America. Yet that's where. Republicans decided to penalize. That's where they decided to penalize. You know, Egberto, there's no shortage of money in this country. As a matter of fact, it has to be exported and put into these offshore accounts just to keep it out of the, uh, the, the circulation. Yeah. You know, and a parallel in Japan, they've gone a few years back. They went to negative interest rates in Japan. Rich people have to pay the bank to keep their money because, you know, there's just too much of it. And so – uh, basically, you know, since the Vietnam War, uh, the oligarchy had decided they don't want such a powerful middle class. The middle class got in the middle of foreign policy during the Vietnam War because there was quite a bit of affluence just right. after World War II. And, you know, that was a threat to the people that, you know, the traditional oligarchy that organizes U.S. foreign policy. When I was a teacher, there was a, uh, economics book. And the title of it was called The Science of Scarcity. You know, our whole economic system going back hundreds of years is built around scarcity. And the problem is that there's no more scarcity, you know, in these advanced industrialized countries. There's abundance. And so they have to create artificial scarcity. They started in the 60s paying farmers not to grow food. And now with robotics and everything, there's just too many efficiencies. They have to go in with all these policies, you know, like uh, they don't want to – you know, pay for college. They want people to go into debt for medical and this and that and something else to artificially diminish the middle class. That is why I'm going to wake you up some days at six o'clock <laughs> because here's the thing about it. Um, uh, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, 
That is why, um, Tori, you just said something so important. That word scarcity owns so much. Let's give an example. Today I came into the studio. I had to run and fill up my tank. Forty something dollars worth of gas to fill up my tank. It's three dollars and fifteen cents at Costco. It was two dollars and sixty-three cents at Costco a few weeks ago. And and why is that? False scarcity. You talk about them paying farmers not to grow. In other words, we pay farmers not to grow product so that the plutocracy can make products more expensive and make a bigger profit. The, uh, the cartels hold back oil that is in abundance, even though we are, you and I are glad that they're holding back the oil because it's less crap in the air, but still it's charging more people for it. But anyhow, folks, I, I, I wanted to tell you guys that without further ado, today we were going to have a special guest onto our program, and, and, and the special guest is now on the phone. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Uh, it's it's uh, Sophia uh, Science. Sophia Science is a proven leader, public educator, and community advocate. She holds a bachelor's degree from Houston Baptist University, a master's from the University of St. Thomas and a certification in diversity, equity, and inclusion from the University of South Florida. She's a certified Texas teacher and has been teaching in Title I public schools for the past 10 years. And you know what Sophia is doing? Sophia is doing something that we preach about, something Tori and I talk about, something that we talk about with Brother Andrew, who is now, who has just made it into engineer. And that is, we want young folks entering into fold, into the fold of running for uh, institutions in this country. Come on in, Sophie. Uh, uh, Sophie, how are you doing, Sophia? Hello. How's everybody? Everybody's doing fine. I don't know if you heard the introduction that I just gave you from uh, talking I about. Did. All right. Well, anyhow, um, first of all, let me just tell you that it's my honor to speak to someone a woman, a young woman who decided to jump into the into electoral politics and say, you know what, I can make a difference within my community. Sophia, tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you're doing. Hey, so um, like Elizabeth told everybody, I'm a teacher at South Houston High School for the Pasadena ISD School District. I'm a community advocate. Me and my friends started an organization back in 2020 called South Houston First. Our organization was to bridge the gap of the failures of our local administration during the pandemic. We've been able to provide food, water, vaccinations, uh, legal assistance, and help to our community members who have suffered from flooding, ice storms, and uh, just different um, issues within their local government. And so from there, um, I ran my first race in 2021 for city council. I did not win my seat, but I am back. It is 2023, and I'm running for the mayor for the city of South Houston. And I'm not a politician. I am a teacher. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, you know, I just got a, another person that was running for a candidate for candidacy in, in Humble for the Humble School District. And she said the same thing. And Sophie, uh, Sophia, I want to ask a favor of you. I know you're running for mayor, et cetera. It's then a good chance of becoming the mayor. But I want us to stop looking at politicians as, as if it's a bad thing. You are running to be the mayor of a city. You are a politician. And not only are you a politician, we need to bring back the good that is politicians because politicians make policy and policies are good. I just want to make that little correction, but continue, yeah. my dear friend. No, I, 
I agree with you. Uh, policy and writing law and being able to uh, vote on the provisions of the city is extremely important. Yes. But I say that I'm a teacher because that is my full-time job. That is my education. Mm-hmm. That's my career path. And I don't plan to leave teaching as the mayor of South Houston because it's a part-time position. Right. So no matter what, I'm always going to be an educator. And the capacity of me as an educator, as the mayor, is going to be educating the community leaders on how to move forward Love to it. build better streets, to have cleaner water, to reopen our community center, and to be able to provide basic amenities to our citizens that really have been oppressed. You know, we've had the same mayor for 20 years now, and everybody wants a change. Everyone's ready to move forward, to advance technology. It's really embarrassing that our taxes continue to rise, but yet we don't see the fruits of our labor in our communities. Well, I mean, uh, and, and that is that is when you talk about having to have new leadership. So when if, if people decide that they want you, what are they going to day one? They're, they they want to see a difference between what you're going to provide. So from a policy standpoint, what do you t- intend to provide to South Houston that they're not seeing right now? Oh, thank you so much for that question. I have a hundred days plan. Like I like I'm the president or something. I'm so excited and ready to jump into this administration. Some of the policy that we're going to change immediately is going to be a fairness act. So right now, all of our public parks are locked. They all have a locking key on them, our softball fields, our baseball fields, and only the people that can access those are our city council members. And they use them for leagues. South Houston doesn't have a league. They rent it out to Pasadena, to Houston, to Pearland, and no one gets to play at their own park. So we're going to open our park to taxpayers. Everyone's going to get to play and use the facilities that their taxpayer dollars go towards. We're also going to reopen our community center. We're going to replenish our food pantry. Our senior center is not only going to have Meals on Wheels, but events, dancing, exercise, cooking, um, crochet, um, educational programs. We're going to bring back ESL Pathway to Citizenship courses. We're also going to partner with the ASL-CIO, and we're going to provide apprenticeship programs for young students that want to get into welding, plumbing, pipe fitting, to get into construction, to be able to work and serve their families. We also are going to bring a mentorship program for young students, a big brother, a big sister, towards we get kids off the street. We make sure that we're combating um, vaping, which is our biggest issue in our schools right now. So we want to combat violence and vaping. We want to make sure the kids have somewhere to play after school. And we want to make sure that our elderly are taken care of and that our community center is used anytime there's an emergency. In my first 100 days, my team and I have planned an emergency alert system that everybody will get a ping on their phone, kind of like an Amber Alert. Right. If you need to shelter in place for a tornado, if you need to boil your water, if the water's um, not good because of flooding, if you need to, um, you know, do anything, come to the warming center, you need to pick up clean water. We want to make sure people are communicated with. So I appreciate your question. I have a lot of great plans for the city. Well, Tori has a question for you. Oh, I just wanted to say the idea of locking the parks up and only letting the city council folks use them, that's absolutely medieval. You know, back in the days when the royal forest was for the exclusive use of the king and the princes and the counts, nobody else could go hunting or use the forest. I mean, it's medieval. Yes. And we have lots of issues because of corruption, meaning that all of the bidding is unfair. If you're related to the mayor of the city council, you get first choice on whether your family's company gets to make hundreds of thousands of dollars 
And they get to use the community center for their Christmas parties for their families. I'm not talking about city workers. They've never honored our city workers and thrown them a party. What I'm talking about is their families use our public facilities as their homes. Well, now let me ask you, how is your campaign going? Uh, Usually when you have an incumbent like that, that has a whole lot of recognition within the city, uh, there are two things that happen. Most people don't vote and the person keeps getting elected or he has such or he or she has such recognition that many just think it's a foregone conclusion. Where do you stand as far as you're concerned within uh, the electoral process? So, Mr. Wheelies, you're right about that. Um, we have such low voter turnout, but this man has won 10 elections with 800 votes. 800 votes has won him 10 elections in a row. So what we've done is we've mobilized the vote and expanded the electorate. My team and I, along with um, community organizations such as Baker Ripley and um, Mi Familia Bota and Jolt, we've been able to register over 300 new voters. We've knocked 700 doors. My great friends at DSA have come every Saturday this month and they've knocked with us and we've been able to cover the entire city. If you are a registered voter in the city of South Houston, we have come to your home already. We've made 9,000 phone calls, sent 5,000 messages, and I'm very happy to partner with Rideshare to vote. We have four days of rides to the polls. You can get a free ride to the poll on April 29th, April 30th, May the 1st, and May the 6th. The number to call is 888-977-2250. It's in English and Spanish, and it's a free round-trip ride, so you can go vote. That is excellent. Andrew, would you like to ask anything? or? Um, just, uh, for the sake of our listeners who may have not heard it the first time, do you want to give that number again to ride share to vote? Yes, of course. This is Sophia Sines, candidate for South Houston mayor. And our number to call is 888-977-2250 for a free round trip ride to the polls. Those dates are April 29th and 30th. And we want you to come because those days we're going to have tacos, aguas frescas, um, we're going to have candy for the kids. You should guys should come out on the 29th or the 30th to our tent. We're going to have free lunch for everyone, for everybody. And you have to vote not just for me as the mayor, but my entire slate. Because um, South Houston politics are really interesting. It's not seat for seat. It's, we run on teams. So the people that I want to plug today are Fina Govea, position one, Guadalupe Suquet, position two. Eddie Torres, position three, Rocio Rubio, position four, and Juan Guzman, position five. And if you meet us at our tent here at the Southeastern Courthouse or at Baker Ripley Pasadena, we're going to give you our push card with all of the names on there. And it's so important that you not just vote for me, but my whole team so that everyone is on the same page about pushing that 100 days plan and pushing our policy forward. Um, And I actually I'm glad you brought up uh, the voting system in South Houston, because that reminded me of another issue that I personally care about, even though I'm uh, not within your uh, not within your city limits. Um, What do you think about the way that elections are run in South Houston? What's your opinion of of how they work? And have you looked into any um, other ideas for how elections at municipal and local levels can be run, like uh, ranked choice voting or these sorts of uh, other ideas? And what are your opinions on those? Oh, my opinion on ranked choice voting is I love it. I think ranked choice voting is the future and we should really move towards it. Um, Here in South Houston, we do deal with a lot of um, issues with integrity. We have actually reached out to the state and a lot of our friends and um, nonpartisan 
um, individuals, unbiased individuals to help us be poll watchers because we know of a lot of foul play that's happened in the past. And if you talk to candidates who've run for mayor before against um, Joe Soto, he's been here 20 years, they'll tell you that a lot of things were not done correctly. And so we need a lot of eyes in Harris County to be here to help us ensure the integrity of the election. Um, but I would love to move to ranked choice voting in the future. Now, Sophia, I just need to make sure and, and put this out on air. It's, this is a public airwaves that, of course, uh, the current mayor and anybody else have uh, can always appear on Politics Done Right to discuss the issues yeah. where we will ask them the pertinent questions, including some of the questions that you brought up as far as why or uh, why under that particular administration parks are closed. Why is it that there's some so many of these issues left undone. You can always come here and explain yourself. These are the free waves that are owned by the American people. Anything you'd like to say as a closer, uh, Sophia? Yes. As a closer, I want to invite all of the South Houston residents to the South Houston Branch Library off of Avenue A for Monday from 6 to 7.30. We are going to have um, Baker Replace hosting a Meet the Candidates event. And this is for all candidates, not just for me and my team. This is for all candidates for the South Houston race. That includes our school board and our college board candidates. And so you'll be able to meet everyone that's going to be on the ballot on May the 6th when early voting starts Monday, April 24th. But come to the library at 6 p.m., sponsored by Starbucks, hosted by Baker Ripley, to meet all the candidates so you can see what the issues are and what the debates are. Sophia Sines. A prospect or rather a candidate candidate for mayor of South Houston, Texas. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right on KPFT. Thank you so much. I appreciate all of you. You have a wonderful weekend. You too now. All right, folks, uh, that was Sophia Sines uh, calling in, uh, who is running for mayor of South Houston. I, look, I just love to hear young voices, uh, voices of people who otherwise had not had the opportunity to serve community, who've been activists, who've been community organizers, who've been next to the people to understand what's going on in the city, who's not living in some ivory tower. So uh, it's just great having that um, that that uh, ability to speak to these folks. Anyway, I want to. Uh, we're coming to the closing uh, closing minutes of the show. I want to thank Andrew uh, for having been here for Politics Done Right on Friday. I think by now you would know that the show is moving to uh, Monday through Fridays at f- at six a.m. And uh, yeah, that's that we're moving to six a.m. on Monday through Fridays. And I want everybody to know that. Everything we 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 we're expanding what we're going to be doing on politics done right. So stick with the program. If you wake up early, get on the show. If you're in your car, get on the show. We're going to be talking about a lot of issues, and we're going to be taking input from you as well. It is important, very important, that we hear from uh, hear from you. Uh, it looks like we're going to end with with a, with a quick call. So, folks, don't forget Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays at 6 a.m. We are going to have a great show. It will be, of course, on air. Likewise, it's going to be at at the KPFT Facebook page. It's going to be on YouTube. It'll be everywhere. Let's go ahead and bring Patrick into the call. Patrick, you're calling late, so we only have about, you only have a two-minute bumper. Patrick is a producer 
author, writer from hot in Hollywood and throughout the country. And he created what's known as the con. Tell us a little bit about it, Patrick. Well, I love it, and I apologize for being late. And uh, pretty much what my plan was with Egberto is whatever the topic is today, um, it draws back to this revelation that nobody understands that the entirety of media has suborned or just not been professional enough to understand or didn't have the resources. But my friends, if you want to understand what the problems of today are, it's corruption. And we are completely owned by the financial system not because of the nature of capitalism, even though that's a part of it, or uh, monopolies and that sort of thing, but through criminal racketeering, which is just basically the mafiaocracy. There's an absolute revelation in our work at www.thecon.tv that will be a part of this incredible uh, dialogue that I had with Egberto. And if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Patrick Level one and you can also find me on YouTube at Patrick Level Truth Bombs The Con. But the long and the short of it, my friends, is that if you understand the intelligence apparatus of the United States, you understand that they take chances and work with very uh, questionable sort of apparatuses for influence and control. Patrick, I have a hard stop. I have a hard stop in the blog post with you. I'll have all information to reach you. Folks, I'm working with Patrick on this new series called The Con that we'll have all over politics done right as well. Thank you so kindly for calling in, Patrick. I'll be back in touch. Thanks, Alberto. All right. Anyway, folks, don't forget, effective next starting Monday. We are on at 6 a.m. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're going to be all over the place. We're going to have fun. I want your input. Thank you, Tori, for being here real quick. Oh, just uh, thanks for having me. And uh, this Sunday at 14 Pews, come out for the carrot cake. My favorite baker, Teresa Allen. But stay for the paper moonshiners. Benefit for KPFT, 3 p.m. Saturday, Sunday. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right on KPFT. And you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.